Hello and welcome to the Addiction Podcast. My name is Tata and I am an addict, a gambling addict, poker specifically, something I enjoy doing but has wreaked havoc in my financial life. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. I hope you uh, are entertained. I hope you find something useful and helpful to you. And um, I hope it can be a source of inspiration to you in some way. I'll be going over uh, an update of myself in just a little bit. Um, but first, let's uh, talk about the state of, the, of this show, of this podcast. I just purchased um, some domain names. Um, hello, I am an addict at uh, hello, I am an addict.com. I purchased that. And I also purchased callasponsor.com, callasponsor.com, something I thought would not be available, but it's actually available to purchase, which was very surprising to me. Um, I am very serious about building and growing this show and, and, um, its purpose, uh, what I intend to to use it for, and um, I'm investing in it as best I can, and it, it will be gradual. Um, right now, it's slower than I, I would like in terms of the things I'm able to accomplish right now, but it will get done step by step. So now I have the domain names, which I was thinking about it. It might be a little too uh, 2010-ish, but um, I'd like to protect the... Uh, the 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 key phrases and the slogans that I come up with that are useful for the show, something that you, the listener, can can um, use to communicate with each other and with with me um, over the long term. Hello, I am an addict at gmail dot com is the email address. You can uh, reach me at that email address again. Hello, I am an addict at gmail dot com. Again, thank you for listening. We now have twenty listeners um, to this show. I am very grateful for that. I started this on a whim as something that was designed to uh, to help me. And um, I know there are many like me out there. And I, I know that by putting this out there, it can be helpful to somebody. Even if it's just one person, I want to be able to help. And, and in helping myself, I get to help others. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. That's a blessing. So thank you for listening. Um, it looks like I have a few repeat listeners. I'm grateful to you. Thank you very much. And now let's go to uh, an update on myself. Um, for those of you who have listened to the previous episodes, you know a little bit about me, my history. For those of you who are new, welcome to the show. My name is Tata. I am a gambling addict. Poker is my vice. Um, no limit hold on poker. And I got myself into financial trouble last month, which spurred the uh, creation of this show. Um, anyway, an, an update on myself. Um, I, I, the payment I missed to the IRS last month, I have an automatic payment that goes out of my account to pay the IRS. I have a debt to the IRS from my years of gambling and not paying my taxes because I was using that money to gamble. Um, I, I missed my payment la last month because I went gambling and I lost all of my money and I couldn't fulfill my payment as, as was due. So that payment I did make. Um, the downside is the, well, not the downside, the, the 
one aspect to the IRS payment system is that it's very slow and they don't process quickly. So even though I made, I went online, logged into the IRS website and made a payment, it takes weeks for that money to actually leave my account. When they do the automatic payments, it comes out of your account immediately and that money is gone. It's not there. In this case, I have gone online, I submitted a payment, I got a confirmation and all of that, but the money is still sitting in my account. The IRS takes a while to process that. And I can understand they process millions of different transactions pretty much on a daily basis, I would think. So it's a little bit slow. But that leaves the money sitting in my account, which in my case, not so great. Um, I have been good-ish so far. I have not gambled. Um, Staying away, trying to stay on the straight and narrow, keep up with my... um, I call it recovery at this point. I think I think I'm, uh, I feel good calling it recovery at this point. Um, I made a. I provided my girlfriend with the funds I do every month. Um, I, I like to provide for her. She doesn't need it, but I choose to, and I make sure our bills are all paid for, and I give her money. I don't, I don't pay them myself. I just give her the money to to make those payments. I've done that. My. Um, My uh, other obligations with my family, I I mentioned before, we have a memorial we've been planning, and I I contribute a significant amount towards paying for that memorial. I was not able to meet my obligations to that last month uh, due to my gambling, but I was able to send some money to to catch up on that. I'm not fully caught up yet, but I am catching up. The memorial is not due for another two and a half months or so. and uh, we're paying for things gradually until the until the event itself is held. So I sent some money to pay for that. Um, and then I got hit with some news. Uh, as you can imagine, catching up on the IRS, meeting my other obligations. Forgive me, I just had a little sneeze. Um, those things pretty much are sucking up the the funds I have available. I I don't brag when I say I I work hard and I earn a decent income, um, but there's only so much money you have. In order to meet those obligations, I did not pay my taxes on my paycheck this time around, which is not great because that only adds to my IRS debt. But I needed the funds to be able to catch up on all of my obligations. So I just added a pile to my IRS debt um, so I'm, I'm basically just moving money around. I'm on the Titanic and just moving the deck chairs at this point. I'm not in uh, safe waters yet. Anyway, um, so after doing all of that, I get hit with a with a bit of a bomb. I get a call from my mother, and mother tells me her car is breaking down. Not a good time to hear that news. Not a good time at all. You know, and these are the things that, as an addict, you go through and you're tested and, and, and you wonder why, what the hell, you know. I, I said before, this addiction is, is a disease of choice. You know, we, we make this decision to gamble, drink, sex, whatever it is, that takes away from our daily life. In my case, wrecks havoc on my finances and I have to deal with the consequences, I can't shift that burden to anybody else. I can't go to my girlfriend asking for money. I can't, whatever other solution I can think of that involves other people, I don't do that because I do not want to be a burden to those people because then I'm subject to whatever it is they choose to say or do. 
you know, if you're going to go to somebody asking for help, you can't pick and choose what help they offer to you. If they're offering you help, you take the help because you need it, you know, and they, they get to say whatever or, or do whatever because you are going to them. They are not coming to you, you know, and especially if we're talking about the state, um, you know, having to depend on the government for help, then you're a burden on the taxpayer, and that's a whole different ballgame. And as, as addicts, we have to keep that in mind. You know, we, we do not let yourself be a burden to others, no matter how hard it is. Do your best not to be a burden to others. It forces a measure of accountability on yourself. You know, and again, this is a disease we can't really control. It controls us for the most part. We don't control it. It controls us. But part of once you know you have a problem, that's how it starts is the accountability part. Force yourself not to depend on others and see if you can make it. Because if you do have to depend on others, be prepared to subject yourself to whatever it is they say or do. You have to submit. Those are the conditions for getting the help. And you can't be picky and choosy or complain about it. If someone is willing to help you, be grateful. But anyway, I find myself in this position. Mother's car is breaking down, needs repairs, and this is going to cost thousands of dollars. Right? So, what do I do? I can't let her keep going without a car. She needs a car to get around with. I have to pay for these repairs. And so I send the money. But that wipes me out. I have to wait until my next paycheck. Back to almost no money. I have a few hundred dollars, nothing crazy. But now I have to penny pinch until I can get to the next paycheck where I get a little bit of money. Not pay my taxes on that paycheck either because we're going into Christmas. I mentioned before I am from Africa. I have family back there. I have obligations to meet with them. And even though I am struggling, the way I see it, if I didn't gamble and waste my money, I would have thousands and thousands of dollars sitting in my bank account, and this would be a nothing burger for me to handle, you know? And the fact that I can't, I sort of want to punish myself for it and force myself to still meet those obligations, regardless of how hard it is. Now, some of you listening might go, oh, it's them. You don't have to put yourself through this to satisfy other people. No. When you have an obligation to something, you make a promise, you say you'll do something, you do it. You do it. It is a measure of who you are as a person. You do it. I have always, every single year, sent money home to my family for Christmas, for my mother and other family members, but mainly my mother, and she gives to other people. And I do that every Christmas, right? Separate from the money I send on a monthly basis back home to take care of my mother and others, just Christmas is a little bit special, a little bit extra. Just like in September, when it's time for the kids to go back to school, I send a little bit extra money to pay for the school fees. I have to pay for the school fees. I'm not the only one who pays for it, but I have a portion to contribute towards that. You know, where I come from, it's literally a concept of it takes a village to raise a child. 
So my aunts and others who have a little bit of money, they, they chip in, I send some, and we pay for the school fees for the children in the family. Now, this is not extended family. This is the immediate family. All the children go to school. They need clothes. They need a bag, books, a ruler, crayons, pencils, uh, uh, whatever shoes, whatever it is they need to be able to go to school and study and learn to better themselves and grow to be responsible adults, we provide that. And not being able to meet that obligation is a tremendous shame on me. And that's how I feel inside. So no matter what, I have to make sure I meet that obligation. And that leads me to not paying my taxes again. I add to my IRS debt. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. I just keep spiraling and getting bigger and bigger, digging myself further into the hole. But it's all self-inflicted. I did this. I chose to go to the casino and sit down on that table and play poker for hours and lose my hard-earned money. I chose to do that. So when my mother's car breaks down and it needs to be fixed, I have to figure out how to do that because it has to be done. It is not optional. I don't get to say, oh, figure it out on your own. You're an adult. You No, this is my mother. She birthed me. I am responsible for making sure she's okay. Not optional. So I pay. And whatever amount I have left for myself, I have left for myself. And I know, I know, hey, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. That is normally true. I, I, that is an, a statement I would normally agree with, absolutely. Except in this case, where I do some dumb, stupid things, lose all of my money, and can't meet my familial obligations. Right? Except in this case. Call it punishment, call it accountability, call it whatever. I have to meet these obligations. So I sent the money to pay for the car. I have a few hundred dollars left. I have Christmas coming. My girlfriend is taking care of. I paid my IRS back uh, payment that I missed. Um, I have an, an IRS payment due this month. So the next paycheck, even though I'm looking forward to it, most of it is already gone because the, the IRS payment has to come out of that. Right? Uh, that, that leaves me with very little. And when I get that little, I send some money to take care of the people back home for Christmas. And then whatever is left, I get to spend some time with my girlfriend and penny pinch until the month is over. And then I start that same process in January. It is a hole I dug. It is a hole we dig as addicts. I speak specifically of gambling addicts. I'm sure other addicts go through the same thing. Right? If you're not a wealthy person who has a bunch of money and you can afford to lose some and not have to struggle or worry, the situation is different for you. You may be very well an addict, you just don't feel like one because you have a bunch of money and whatever you lose, you can easily get by without having to think about it. It's a very small percentage of your net worth. But for someone like me, right, who gambles more of his wealth than his net worth than he should, more of his earnings than he should. It is a different situation. And I believe 
most of us are in that situation. We are, gam- we are gambling addicts who find ourselves in a hole of our own making, and we are always trying to dig ourselves out. Always trying to dig ourselves out. How do I pay my bills? How do I pay my rent? How do I pay for this? How do I pay for that when I just lost all this money that I earned? And then we do we do stupid things like not paying your taxes so that you can catch up and then you're digging yourself a hole with the IRS. Or you go and borrow so you can catch up and then you have another payment you have to make for that debt every month and he's accumulating ridiculous amounts of interest. Right? It is a cycle that we go through. But we can dig ourselves out. What I've just described is the hard part. The first and most important thing to know is, as an addict, and I'm speaking specifically gambling addict in this case, you do not gamble to make money. I'll say that one more time. You are not gambling to earn a living, to make money. That is not why you're doing it. You are doing it because you enjoy it, because of the thrill, the hormones that flow in your body when you are do while you are doing it. That is why you do it. You would gamble even if you were the richest person in the world. You would gamble when you're broke because you want to, whatever form of gambling it is, whatever form that is, poker, uh, horses, Sports, whatever form, dice, whatever form of gambling it is, you do it for the thrill of whatever you're gambling on, not to make the money that comes from it. That is the first thing you have to realize. That is the first thing, that that is what I have realized. I used to think I would go because I want to make a little bit of extra money so I can catch up or do this or do that. But while I'm there, my inability to stop when I've made a little money is testament to the fact that I'm not there to make money. That is where the addiction kicks in. You want to keep going. I walk into a casino with $2,000 in my pocket and my credit and debit card, which it's a whole separate conversation. We'll talk about it another day. But I walk into a casino, $2,000 cash in my pocket, credit card, debit card, all of it. I sit down at a poker table, buying for $1,000. In an hour and a half or so, I'm sitting there with $4,500. I have made $3,500 profit playing. And I don't leave. I do not leave. Because I am enjoying myself. I want to see what cards I get next. I want to see if I can get into a showdown with pocket queens against one or two other players. I want to see what happens when I have that flush in my hand and it's a queen high flush and somebody else bets $500 and I have to make a decision on whether I'm calling or going all in if it's worth it. Right? That is why I am there. That is why you are there. Not for the money. So going to the casino to 
gamble so I can make a little money to catch up is not the solution. That would be the stupidest thing I can do. So that is out. And that leads me to stopping. I stop. All right? It's easier said than done. I know that. Much easier said than done. But the first thing is stopping. Don't dig the hole any further. Even if you think going will make things better, no. Stop. Right? I'm still digging my hole on the IRS side because I feel like that's the only way I can do it without going. I'd rather borrow from the IRS than borrow from somebody else or going to ask for help from somebody else. It's not a good solution. It's not really a solution at all because I'm just digging a further, deeper hole for myself. But that is a solution I have chosen. Okay, that is the decision I have. That decision I've made. That is a choice I have made. That's the path I have chosen. So, doesn't leave me with much. I'm still basically paycheck to paycheck, a little bit of money in my account, but I can get by throughout the month as long as I don't do anything silly. Not in terms of gambling, but in terms of buying silly things left and right. And with that little money I have, I've just bought some domain names for this show because I am investing in this show, in this podcast. In this podcast, I'm investing in this thing in my that I'm trying to create. I have a clear visual in my head of what I want this to become, and I'm willing to put my what little money I have towards it to turn it into something. I happen to be a very simple person. I don't go to nightclubs. I don't drink. I don't go out and party. I am a, you know, I'm an introvert, if you, as you would say. I go to work. I come home and I go back to work. I see my girlfriend every now and then. I go see her and I come back home and that's about it. So I don't really have a lot to spend money on. So I can get by with just a little, as long as I can manage my finances carefully, right? But that, that, that's where things are. That's where things stand with me. Um, another update I have not told my girlfriend about the situation. I had made a decision that I would tell her. I keep delaying that, that actual event because I am afraid of what will happen when I do tell her. She could very well leave me. She should leave me. I, I, I realized uh, she's... She's deserving of better, but that is me saying that she might feel differently. Um, but she deserves better than than me lying by omission to her and gambling and wasting all of our money. I say our money because, as I said, what's mine is hers. I'd give this young lady whatever she wants in this world if I could. So I have delayed that decision and I keep delaying it. It, it will happen sooner than later, but I'm delaying it as much as I can just for fear of the repercussions um, for when I do tell her that I have been gambling. Um, I keep convincing myself, well, by being honest with her and and, and um, telling her the, tru- the, the, uh, the truth, she would be a little bit more forgiving when she hears. But at the same time, I also say to myself, well, when she finds out how much we're talking about, that might push tilt things in the other direction. 
not so much because she cares about the money, but because of what that amount would signify as far as a difference in our lives. I used to own a home, which I had to sell because I dug a, a deep IRS hole for myself um, and I had to come up with some funds immediately. And I didn't want my home to be uh, to have a lien on it from the IRS, so I sold it. And what did I do? Gamble away a good chunk of what I made from selling the house. Yes, I did. Silly old me, I did. But I am where I am. My choices have led me to where I am. This disease I suffer called an addiction. This disease of choice, this disease that manifests through the mental gymnastics I go through in my head to justify my actions to end up at a casino table playing poker is something I am committed to overcome one way or another. This podcast is one of the ways I'm, I am uh, using to, to overcome it by, by being forthright and honest with you, the audience, telling you what's going on in my life and um, trying to have you hold me accountable for my actions and what I do. If I slip up, you will know about it. Hopefully I do not. Hopefully I can be an example for some of you out there on, on trying to find a way to get on the recovery path. My, my, my life and the mistakes I've made, the things I'm going through can serve as an example, I hope. All right? I am stubborn. I, I am stopping myself from going to an, a GA meeting where I can have others help me in person. I struggle with the idea of submitting to somebody else and being accountable to that person in a significantly meaningful, meaningful way. You know, I don't want to go to a GA meeting and, and not take it seriously, not, not listen and, and follow what is advised for me to do. Because they won't make you do anything. But if you're not there to recover, then why go? If you're not going to fully submit um, to, as, as it says in the 12 steps of recovery, a higher power and let that higher power take control, if you're not willing to do that, why go? So I haven't gone. I'm looking for alternatives, other ways of recovering beyond doing that. And I hope it works. I hope we collectively come up with a way that we can hold each other accountable and be able to recover and, and, and live a fruitful and enjoyable life because that's what we all, we all want. That's what I want. That is definitely what I want. And there may come a day when I say, hey, I can't do it. I give in. I'm going to go attend a meeting and hope that helps. But until then, I'm going to try to find a way to make this work as well as other things I have in mind for myself and for others. So that was an update on myself. I have a lot more to discuss in the next few days. Um, some very disturbing things I, I was able to come across while doing my more research on addiction as far as facilities that take advantage of people, mainly um, alcohol and sex addicts, the ridiculous amounts of money they charge 
to help you recover while not really providing much of anything beyond a very comfortable space for you to get massages and rests, you know, and be away from drink and from other people that you can engage in sex with for a while. And then you are thrown back into the world. I expect it to be okay. We're talking 17000 a month, 60000 a month in some cases um, that you have to pay to to live in these facilities um, and not really gain much out of it. It is okay that there are facilities out there that are for profit, that charge to, to help you recover. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be free, right? But uh, what kind of help are they providing? What are they doing to to help you in your recovery. I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychotherapist or anything like that. I am a human being who is going through this and I'm living it. And I believe I can speak to the experience more than most. Right? Um, And if you're going to tell me that I should come to your facility and be there and I'll be okay. And in the case of being a drug addict, they give you actual drugs, medicine, injections, um, syringes, you know, pills to to flush the alcohol from your system and replace it with other things. Um, does that happen when you go to these facilities? And is it effective enough to to help you recover enough to not get into that cycle of drinking again. Because there's two aspects to addiction. There's the physical aspect and there is the mental aspect. In the case of alcohol, there can be a physical treatment. What about the mental treatment? What happens on that side of things? So that you are not inclined to go out and repeat your actions. Those are all things I would like to go over. I'm going to end the way I started, as always. Hello, my name is Tata, and I am an addict. Thank you very much for listening. The email is helloiamanaddict at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed the listen. And reach out, say something, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Some engagement will be good. I appreciate those who have listened to the show so far. I hope to have more listeners as we go on. I'll put out more episodes as we go. And we have a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about, about our lives, about what we are going through. Thank you very much, and uh, we're back tomorrow. Bye-bye.